Welcome in, welcome in for another episode of SODFS. We are back, week three, NFL main slate breakdown. I am Dan. You can follow me on Twitter at DanBrownNFL. And here with me tonight, my co-host, Nate. You can find him on Twitter at Nate underscore FFL. Nasty Nate, what is good, my fella? Everything was great, man. Um, last weekend was a pretty good weekend for me. I didn't get rich, but I did um, quadruple my money. So I'll take that uh, anytime, obviously. And I'm very, very excited to talk some ball with both you guys and uh, kind of get to know Jake a little bit. So I'm happy, man. How's your move going? That's- that's right, man. We are rocking the tripod tonight. A little unusual here for SODFS, normally a two-man crew, but when we find somebody out there in the Twitter space that's really just putting out, as Scott Barrett likes to say, the dankest nuggets in the community, we want to get them on the show as soon as possible. So with us tonight, we have Jake Tribby. He is a staff writer for Fantasy Points and an absolute legend in the large field GPP area. You can find him on Twitter at Jake Tribby, as well as all of his content over there at fantasypoints.com. You could use promo code SUNS22 for 10% off there today. Join us and join Jake. Jake, welcome in, my man. Appreciate you uh, being with us this evening. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me. I'm uh, really excited to talk some ball after uh, a slay last weekend where I played a ton of Tua, but not enough double stacks. So didn't quite make uh, make as much money as I probably should have, but I'm ready to uh, make up for it. Yeah, man, last week it got a little funky. Uh, Nate and I, uh, we had a little bit of Tua exposure, definitely a lot of uh, St. Brown there, but uh, a couple of the running backs seemed to really let me down this past week. And even if you had guys, like I had a Tua uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, two two of the, of the best plays on the slate, but due to my running back exposure with Barkley and or Mixon, you know, the guys that I thought I could really depend on, uh, it, it kind of, busted me out this past week so I'm hoping this week will get a little bit better and I'm a little timid to pay up for some of these running backs this week but there's a ton of wide receivers on this slate that I'm in love with and a couple I mean the QBs are loaded we actually have a slate here where you know instead of just having those one maybe two guys I think this is the first time we're getting Josh Allen on the main slate uh week one was Thursday and then Monday night so yeah this is our first Josh Allen so QBs are stacked I really love attacking the the QBs and the wide receivers on this slate so far through most of my builds one thing that I cannot get out of my head is that going into Sunday morning I did have the Dolphins double stack I had both Waddle and Tyree kill with two and then I swapped um I swapped Waddle out for Saquon. Um, so you always think of what could have been, but um, I'm still happy. I still did pretty well, but damn it, you know. All right, guys, I do want to take a minute to mention that we are officially part of the Fantasy Points Media Group here at SODFS. Make sure you guys check out all of the great content that Fantasy Points Premium Access has to offer. Again, use our promo code SUN22 for 10% off your subscription today. Nate, let's get into the injury report. Yep, so the 49ers uh, this week have officially placed quarterback Trey Lance on injured reserve. It is not a surprise to anybody. Um, The injury was pretty gruesome. It was tough to watch, and you hate it for him. Um, But, you know, all we can do is hope for a speedy recovery and that he gets well. Uh, Fellow tight end George Kittle, who has been dealing with a groin injury at the beginning of the year, is off the injury report and will play Sunday for the 49ers, according to Ian Rappaport. Um, 
Further south in California, wide receiver Hunter Renfro is out Sunday. Running back Josh Jacobs is still listed as questionable and is reportedly not traveling with the team, though. So uh, I did add a bunch of Zay Jones in some of my season-long uh, fantasy leagues before we jumped on the show a little bit ago um, because I do love Zay Jones, and it looks like Jacobs may not play. For the Buccaneers, wide receiver Chris Godwin will remain out, uh, while Leonard Fournette, Julio Jones, and Russell Gage are all questionable. And the Chargers will list quarterback Justin Herbert with his rib injury as questionable for Sunday's game uh, against the Jaguars. But Chase Daniel took first team reps uh, as of today in practice. And uh, also Lamar Jackson's been dealing with an arm injury, but is on track to play according to Ian Rapport. So nothing to worry about too much there. Well, you can expect Jets quarterback Zach Wilson to ramp it up this week with an eye on returning week four, I believe is what they're calling for as of right now. Uh, you know, so maybe smoking Joe's time uh, of relevance is coming to a close here. I don't know. I don't know if, it, if it's a step back uh, for, for those receivers or not. I, I can't believe the uh, passing volume that we've seen out of the Jets these first couple of weeks. I think Joe Flacco leads the league in pass attempts through two weeks. Uh, you know, 50 plus passes, I, I believe, each week or some, somewhere right in there. That's wild. I can't, can't believe we're saying that in 2022. I know. R- running back Christian McCaffrey's dealing with some ankle stiffness early in this, earlier in the week is officially off the report and will play. Uh, I'm expecting him not to be limited in any fashion. He'll receive his typical workload that we've seen through the first couple of weeks. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers spent Wednesday getting his knee checked out. He was a did not practice this week on, at practice and tests showed nothing significant. His status will be determined as we head in towards Sunday. I think Jacoby was going to kind of line up to be a pretty popular play this week if this news continues to circulate we could see his ownership drop down a little bit more i think he's in a good spot a good matchup and and he's getting that volume yes the touchdowns haven't been there but that's not jacoby's game he's a decently priced uh cheaper wide receiver that you can count on maybe in even in a a cash build if you're looking for a way to get a little bit cheaper uh but with this news of his knee issue and and some did not practice reps coming up uh, he might drop down a little bit more. It could be a sneaky play. Yeah, he could be a sneaky play. Uh, he's a kind of guy that I think of with a, a high ceiling, kind of I, kind of a low floor going back to last year, talking about him with the lack of touchdown receptions. But we will talk more about Jacoby Myers later. Right now we're going to dive into the over-unders for this weekend's games, some teams that you could stack and some bring-back options. Bills Dolphins is leading right now with a 52.5 over under. I absolutely love that game. I know, I know both of you guys do as well for some um, tournament options there. Chiefs Colts over under is 50 and a half. Lions Vikings 53. Um, <laughs> I never would have thought that, you know, two weeks ago starting the season with the, with the Lions. Um, that is my team. And it, the, the way the offense has been playing lately is just they're dynamic and look good, uh, look great. And then we got Eagles Commanders over under of 47 as far as the early game options go. Yeah, I think that game is going to be pretty popular. Obviously, Jalen Hurts yeah. and Jaylen. I mean his, his pricing this week is is lucrative to say the least. I again, I don't think he'll be too too heavily. He'll be up there in, in most cash builds, but just you know having Josh Allen and and people just want to gravitate toward towards Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs, who has a, a, a super friendly price on this slate as well. So uh, I, I really like that game. I think the key to that game is 
going to be trying to find ways to, if you're going to attack that game, maybe try to attack it uh, from a different perspective. I actually did a build earlier because like Bills and Dolphins, it's, it's, it's all, uh, you know, the passing game. That's what we're all after And that there, there's not a running back there. The, the Dolphins don't really have a running back that anybody's interested. The Bills, you know, yes, Singletary, uh, is, if, if I'm going to have any, it's going to be some of him. But he is good leverage off of the field with we what we know is going to be a ton of Josh Allen and a ton of Stephon Diggs. Does Gabe Davis coming back into the mix, uh, you know, maybe cool people a little bit on Stephon Diggs? I don't think so. Not with that price tag that we're looking at. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I think I think like you said, the price tag is still pretty lucrative, and people are all over Josh Allen this week, and it's for good reason too. Because you, you know, without going too far into it, because we will talk about some of these guys later. But if you can double stack and get a bring back with a quarterback that's going to score thirty or more fantasy points, you're looking really good for GPPs, and it looks like this could be a thirty plus week for Josh Allen for sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but Edwin uh, tweeted out a video of like Gabe Davis running routes, and he looked he looked hobbled. I don't think he's going to be 100. percent So there's really no reason to come off digs for him this week. I don't yeah, think. I did not see that, but I had a kind of a gut feeling that he might not be quite ready to go yet. Yeah, he looked like Kenny Galladay running routes out there. <laughs> oh, no. I'm dropping yeah, him everywhere. Not good. <laughs> uh, late late game that we like is Rams at Cardinals. Uh, both of those defenses really have kind of been underwhelming through the first couple of weeks and both have offenses that we, you know, know can generate some offensive firepower. So I think that's a game that I will want to have some exposure to just to give me some late swap. There's a lot of games early that I really like this week, but, you know, unlike last week where, and even the week before, it seemed like there was a, a healthy serving of, games in the later portion of the day so to utilize that late swap this one's not so much a lot of the games that i think are going to be super popular are in that earlier one o'clock start time so i i was doing a couple builds and i'm i'm finding myself having a ton of one o'clock exposure so rams cardinals i think is a good game to attack to give yourself an ability to uh you know take a peek at the cards after the one o'clock games go through see what you like see how you need to adjust maybe if some of the chalk falls through you know you need to get a little freaky there on the afternoon game there is some decent stacking options as far as this rams cardinals uh cardinals game go my favorite one though the problem with it is is that the pricing's just so hard to get to with you know the other pieces i want to fit in um but you know i'm not going to spoil the uh later portion of the show but there is a stacking option that i absolutely love this week out of that game and i we do have the jags the chargers here we, we were talking a little bit pre-show and, and a little bit during the injury section if herbert is not gonna go this game is a lot less sexy to me overall but it, it's probably going to be very underwhelming as far as people attacking it so you know there might be an edge there it, it, you know we talked a little bit about james robinson and you know what he's been able to do these first two weeks the the volume that they are content to give him even in games that we thought that the jags would be trailing in they found themselves in a position to be able to just keep handing that ball to robinson well if herbert is out this week and, and we're looking at chase daniel back there uh, under center guess what it's another james robinson week so it if he is indeed out, I do like that call. And maybe even going 
you know, the old defensive stack there. We saw the Jags D unit is capable of flipping the script, uh, you know, backup QB, who, who knows, but, you know, that might be a little stack option, just a little mini stack there running the Jags, Jags DST back with James Robinson. Yeah, I think, yes. I think that's a pretty good call. And um, Johnny Proctor pointed out on Cashing Points today that Chase Daniels has like one of the all-time highest uh, running back target rates ever. And I think it just makes sense that Eckler would be more involved in a game where, you know, Herbert isn't isn't playing. Um, so, and no one's going to play Eckler. So, I, I, I kind of like him too. Um, uh, Daniels and Josh Palmer also have like that backup connection, but mm-hmm. I I prefer, I think I prefer Eckler. It's, it's a lot tougher though with, with Herbert probably out. What what is the latest with Keenan Allen? Do we think he's going to play? Do we do we think he is going to be a hundred percent? I think he goes. I mean, he's probably not going to be a hundred percent. I don't really view right. any of those Chargers receivers as playable. I don't either. Um, Keenan Allen tends to play when hurt if he can. He's a really, 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 really tough dude, and he plays through a lot of injuries. Um, but it has proven to kind of hurt his fantasy production in the past. Um, to a point, I guess, but I don't have any interest in any Jags um, or any Chargers, excuse me. But, you know, jumping back to the Jags real quick with James Robinson and the whole Travis ATN thing, um, everybody kind of, you know, when Urban Meyer was there and he drafted ATN, everybody was surprised. And then they're like, oh, you're throwing away, you know, this great running back in James Robinson. Although he had no draft capital, he did prove himself really well in his rookie year. Urban Meyer is not there anymore. I think they're going to play, you know, the better guy and uh, I think they're, you know, they're not just going to hand it to ATN as a late first round pick. So just something that I want to get off my chest real quick before we jump into our actual uh, positional pricing section. Yeah. yeah. So uh, one last note was that Allen didn't practice um, today. And yeah, he is dealing okay. with, a, with a hamstring. So like something that's finicky, I'd like not even remotely in play, I don't think. Yeah, and if if Herbert's not going to be out there, it's less incentive for them to want to push Keenan Allen out there as well. I, I think, and and Palmer, as you mentioned, does become a a little bit more intriguing to me if Keenan Allen does indeed sit. But let's move on into the quarterback discussion. Talk about some of these guys that are you know a little higher up there in price. Uh, there's a couple that that make great cash options, and we're going to talk about some other options as well. Uh, ways to get a little bit different, maybe attack uh, the field a little bit through the quarterback position as we like to do often. Nate, start us out. Who's our uh, QB one this week? Yeah, I just, I wanted to throw, you know, I wanted to kind of throw this around like a round table. So I kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought about Josh Allen. Uh, I did mention it earlier. When you can double stack and bring back with a quarterback that is, you know, suboptimal for 30 plus fantasy points on DraftKings or FanDuel, uh, that's a, that's a way to take down a GPP. And Allen looks poised this week to be around that 30 point mark. Obviously, uh, he was on a great trajectory last week and then he was pulled because, you know, they were protecting their quarterback and, Rightfully so, I would as well, but that does hurt you when you're playing uh, DFS. So, you know, they're playing the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins obviously looked great last week. Um, This has the potential to be a very high-scoring game, although I do kind of question what the Dolphins – how the Dolphins' offense performs against the Bills' defense. It's a whole different animal than the Baltimore defense down a couple cornerbacks, you know. Josh Allen's currently projected at around 11% ownership. It'll probably go up. I think he'll be very – I think he'll be probably the highest on quarterback this weekend and it is well-deserved, but I do like Allen. I will have some Allen stacks out there. Uh, he's also got the, you know, the red zone rushing upside. He's kind of the goal line back for the Buffalo bills. So there's a lot of things to love about Josh Allen, but 
I'm not always a huge fan of paying up at quarterback. I like to kind of save some money there if possible, especially early in the year when salaries tend to be a little bit uh, skewed from what they what they are from the midpoint of the season on. So I was kind of curious what you guys thought about Josh Allen, uh, you know, how much exposure you might have on your GPPs and things like that. Personally, I, I think I'm going to lean towards being a little underweight, Allen. I mean, obviously, it's not a guy like you can say it, like the ceiling's just just too immense. But I, I really like the Tua side of this game. I think Tua is going to be way under owned. I know we're going to talk about him later. Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I greatly prefer um, Tua to Allen this week. I just don't understand why – like Tua should be right up there with – like right, right after Allen and Hurts as the highest owned, like the third highest owned quarterback of this way. And it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like I think people still have PTSD over like his ceiling from last year. Like he, he didn't have big games last year, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. Like Tyreek Hill and Waddle are incredible. He's you know he's a great play, and the Bills secondary is super beat up. Um, so this could be a Raven situation again, where they're just busting coverages left and right, and Tyreek Hill and Waddle combined for 400 yards again. I mean, like I, I could definitely see it. So yeah, I love to it. Our, uh, our 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 friend Detroit Beastie here in the chat, uh, Team Riser Fall. What's up, my man? He is dropping some of his bottom of the barrel QBs off his list this week. He's got Geno, Flacco, Mac Jones, Fields, and Carr. Is Fields the ultimate GPP play this week? I mean, uh, if, the if ultimate it's a risk right game against Houston. You know, I I have so much exposure uh, across fields across all platforms that, that I, I need to see it. I want to see it. And, you know, nobody's going to be on it. How many people do you think are playing Darnell Mooney? Not many. How many people do you think are playing Cole Komet? Not many. Uh, okay. Not many. So, but m- maybe a get right game here. I, I do like Pierce this week as well. He's a guy that I'm interested in. I have concerns as far as Pierce goes for the Texans. And, and it's like what we saw week one was very disheartening. But what we saw week two, I could work with that. What are we gonna <laughs> see week three? Are they gonna did did they did they just play the veteran week one and say Rex, you're getting you're getting the nod here week one and we're gonna give it to you because Rex didn't do a whole lot week two. Rex was Rex was an afterthought. Pierce was was essentially the guy. Are we gonna see Pierce be the guy week three? I like him as far as one of the lower uh, price running backs that I'm targeting. As I mentioned, I, I like the wide receivers on this slate. I'm not in love with any of the running backs. So Pierce being right around that 5K range, I am interested in him this week. Yeah, there's no running backs I'm absolutely in love with, and there's especially no Texans players to be honest with you that I that I am over the moon with but a uh, big shout out to chris chris puts out a lot of dfs content mlb nhl nfl chris is one of the hardest working dudes in the industry i've been friends with him for roughly three to four years now he's an awesome guy uh so shout out to you chris thanks for watching bro all right, let's talk uh, about the next QB here, uh, and that's uh, my guy Jalen Hurts. Talked a little bit about him earlier. He's coming in at 7,600 this week, which feels like a bargain compared to just what we've been seeing out of him these first two weeks. I mean, this is not the Jalen Hurts that we saw last year that, that, that seemed a little bit panicked uh, and was running because he had to. This is a guy that's in control. This is a guy that's showing poise. This is a guy that's throwing fucking ropes out there. And still managing to get what 14, 15 rushing attempts per game. I mean, 
I've been all in on Jalen Hurts for a year and a half at this point. Week three is yeah. not going to get in my way. $7,600, maybe hovering around 10 to 12% uh, ownership as of right now. I think it's going to go up a little bit more. He's just the game, Washington defense, I, it, everything about it screams. Uh, he, he's a great catch play this week. So I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. What about you guys? Yeah, I think I think Hurts will probably end up as the highest owned quarterback of the slate. Yeah. I mean, right there with with Allen. It's I I mean, you can't you can't hate him. Like the matchup's incredible. He's averaging sixteen point four rushing fantasy points per game, which is just absolutely insane. I mean, that's more like production fantasy wise, like from rushing than I think like Matt Ryan has had this year. You know, altogether, like just absolutely insane stuff. He's gone over eleven carries in both games this year. Last season, there were only. 22 instances of a quarterback going over 11 carries. Hurts has done it twice already this season. I mean, yeah, it's it's just an awesome spot for for Hurts. Not not a guy I'm going to be like way overweight or anything, but yeah, great play. Yeah, I think you do see his price continue to increase. Too week one he was 6800. Week two 7100. He's up to 7600. If he keeps playing the way he is, you know, we've already got him at his you know his lowest price point of the year. But it is so awesome, you know, as somebody that we were. Super big fans of, to be honest with you, Jalen Hurts uh, in his rookie season. And the way that, you know, a lot of people kind of shit on him, it's so good to see him kind of just, you know, taking charge and leading that offense and, you know, just looking like a, an improved quarterback and seeing that maturity and growth. Uh, as a fan of the NFL, you know, I love to see it for Jalen Hurts. All right. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit of Justin Herbert, Jake, but, you know, as, as we mentioned, he looks like he might be trending the wrong direction. So uh, he might get axed from the show sheet here. But you being the savvy DFS veteran that you are, you have a backup plan already in place. Who are you rolling with? Yeah, I, I really I really liked Herbert. It was super disappointing to see that line come down from uh, Chargers minus seven to minus three and a half because that just you know suggests that he's, he's basically a lock to be out this week unfortunately, but I do think Mahomes is going to go under owned. Mahomes is just a lot harder to figure out how to, how to stack beyond, yeah. um, you know, the obvious uh, Travis Kelsey. I think Mahomes and Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey will be fairly popular, but Mahomes is going to come in around like six or 7% ownership. And I mean, we know he's got just incredible upside. The Chiefs have one of the highest implied totals of the slate. I, you know, I really, really wish, um, that you know, I could play. I could play Herbert instead, but I, you know, I still like Mahomes as a backup plan, and I, I'm super comfortable uh, being overweight. Um, yeah, I guess the question is just like, which receiver do you pair him with? And honestly, like when I go through my my optimizer to do it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be Justin Watson, um, but I'll probably just rotate through, um, you know, double stacks. You know, Mahomes, Kelsey, and then one of Juju, MBS, even Hardman, maybe some Ceh in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I need to look at Justin Watson a little more, but I, I don't know if he'll, he'll make my player pool. Um, but, but yeah, I, I like, I like Mahomes. It's tough because Mahomes is a quarterback that does have that, you know, we talked about the 30 point plus potential upside and Patrick Mahomes still does possess that. But at this point in the season, we don't know which way to lean as far as stacking goes with the receiving options. So Mahomes is an excellent call, but you nailed it there. It's like, we don't really know yet which way we're going to lean as far as pairing people up with him so it'll, i do like it'll push his ownership down though yeah it'll yeah, push like it'll it down a lot. ownership down which i think is like kind of the, the reason great. why yeah. i'm leaning that way yeah yeah it's just like who do you pair him with you know you're kind of just guessing but yeah i think it'd be kelsey but i mean if you could somehow nail the guy that hasn't really quite you know stood out yet oh man you'd be looking good maybe mvs oh, yeah 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, he's, he's getting the targets and the routes. It just hasn't hasn't done anything yet. It hasn't done much yet, right? Yeah. Potentials there, though. Yeah, I'm going to talk about my favorite quarterback play of the week. Um, it probably would have been it probably would have been Jalen Hurts, but I have a feeling that my guy Matthew Stafford um, of the Los Angeles Rams is going to be lower owned than Jalen Hurts when all is said and done. He's coming in at 6,500 this week. They are at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know the Rams and Cardinals they're this they're sixth and ninth in passing rate. Arizona blitzes at the highest rate while being 28th in pass defense DVOA. Stafford is one of the best quarterbacks against the blitz, and that's what initially drew me. Uh, to this play besides the low ownership potential. His completion percentage was 71.9% against the Blitz compared to 662 when not pressured, and 16 of his 17 interceptions came with four or fewer rushers. I think Stafford is the type of quarterback that possesses the upside to throw four touchdowns any any you know week of the year. The problem for me where I struggle is that, you know, I want to pair him with Cup and Cup's a great play. Cup's obviously going to – he's got a, probably the highest floor of any fantasy football player but the price is almost 10 K. So you're really, you got to make choices there. You're limiting yourself at other positions. So I will have, I will have some Stafford cup and uh, another player I won't spoil yet stacks. Um, but you know, the, the bargain bin kind of receiving options, the lack of the, the lack thereof, so to speak, kind of, kind of puts a little bit of a damper on my Stafford party this week. But I, I do think Stafford's one of those guys that um, people aren't really high on in week three so far this season. And I think he does still have that great upside to throw four bomb, you know, four touchdowns uh, any any week of the year. What are you guys' thoughts on Stafford? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a ton of interest. Uh, I I did make a stack with that game, but I actually went with Kyler uh, in the build. I just like Kyler's the a great call. Well, because you can bring, you know, Hollywood and, and, and Dorch or Hollywood and Ertz in and then have just Cup on the bring back, which feels a little bit. So the the, the one build that I really built around this game, that was the where I went to go. But, you know, I, I don't mind Stafford there. It's just, uh, you know, even right now with, with the little bit of con, uh, condense that, that that offense has, you get Higby, who, who's looked pretty good this this past week as well. So if you did want to attack the Matthew Stafford, and obviously, I, like I did last week, you could just run him out there with cup and cup only. Uh, it's never a bad idea when, when you are getting that Matthew Stafford. Don't feel like you need to bring bring along multiple options. But as I mentioned, there are multiple options on the other side of the ball that you could bring back. So either way, you know, one of each, depending on uh, on what you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I, think I'm with, that. I, I think I'm with Dan. I, I prefer Kyler there. I, I doubt I'm going to play Stafford, but if I do – I really like the idea of doing like a Stafford, Allen Robinson, Higby stack. Like that's something that like no one's gonna play. Yeah, um, yeah, for large, like, large, yeah, yeah large like GPs. yeah, like certainly. Oh yeah, yeah, like definitely large field stuff. Um, but yeah, I just I don't hate Stafford by any means. I just feel like there are better options, and I think I think Kyler hasn't beat at least in terms of ceiling. But I I know we'll talk about Kyler later. Um, yeah. That's totally fair too. And the further we got through the week, um, I initially put him down on Monday. The further we got through the week, the more I seen people getting on him and I'm like, well, he's not going to be as low owned as I thought. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not that much of a, a large field GPP play. There's other people obviously putting his name out there and things like that. Um, another quarterback that I'm going to talk about is a guy that went off last week to a tag of a tag of Iola of the Miami dolphins. He threw six touchdown passes, something that I highly doubt. Uh, my guts just kind of telling me that we don't see that again this week. 
Uh, but I still ever. think he, yeah, ever. <laughs> it was so fun. To, it was so fun to fucking watch, though, man. I have never watched a funner game in my life, uh, in recent uh, memory, anyway. Uh, it, and what's crazy is um, I had a couple buddies hit me up right before the game. They're like, this is a great play. This is a great play. And I started floating them in some more GPPs and stuff. And I had that Waddle Hill to a stack. And if I wouldn't have changed it, you know, what could have been? But you're looking at a similar situation this week. There's three Buffalo DBs that are currently questionable for the game. Uh, you know, so does the Tua train continue? It's hard to say. He, Like I said, he's probably not going to throw six touchdowns. He's probably not going to throw five. Hopefully, you know, four would be great. Uh, but he, I think he's absolutely worth consideration right now. His current projected ownership is around 4%. I do think that goes up due to recency bias uh, from last week as we get closer to Sunday. But I really love the dynamic that this, you know, this Dolphins offense possesses right now. When you add Tyreek Hill to an NFL roster, it helps the guys around him. And I didn't appreciate that enough in the offseason when he was added. Um, I didn't hate the move. Uh, but, you know, when you've got a safety floating down over Tyreek every play, it opens up the opposite side of the field. So there's a lot of potential in this Miami offense this week and the rest of the season. Yeah, I think part of the reason that I prefer um, Tua over Allen, if you're going game stacks here, is because Hill and Waddle are going to be half as owned as Diggs. Um and I mean, there's still, I mean, you, you obviously want to use Diggs on the Buffalo side, but there's still like usable options outside of Diggs. McKenzie is interesting if Dave Davis doesn't play, but I'd probably go Dawson Knox as like the cheaper um, run back option. Kumaro would be especially interesting if, if Gabe Davis doesn't play. And I, I'd almost rather go the Kumaro route. Uh, not only is he going to be probably less owned, but what we've seen so far is that, you know, McKenzie's working a timeshare with Jamison Crowder yeah, there out of the That's spot. what I was going to bring up. You know, the end of last year, I remember how many weeks DFS, especially those showdown slates, Isaiah McKenzie was just, you know, at the bottom of the list every time. And I was plugging him in. I was really hoping that it was going to be his role for the taking this year, but Jamison Crowder has become a thorn in Isaiah McKenzie's side. So I, I, I almost, if I'm going to bring another one, I almost lean Kumaro. I was surprised at how much work that they, they were letting the other two split rops, reps from uh, in the slot there. And Kumaro was getting all the work opposite of Diggs there. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, what's Kumaro? Is he 3-2 three, three, somewhere, something this yeah, week? He's pretty cheap. He's, he's got to be he's right there at the bottom. Cheap. Yeah, so, he's near you know, minimum def price. Definitely an option. Again, this is a game that we've said is going to be super popular. It, it's going to revolve around this passing game. Well, you need to identify ways that you can get a little bit different than just having Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Everybody's going to have that combination. Or, or just having uh, Tua and, and Tyreek, you know, maybe figuring out a way. I built one earlier that was a Tua stack, brought both the options or uh, – uh, Tua and Waddle along and, and was able to get digs in there. I ended up having a punt at the running back in the tight end position. Uh, but all in all, I think it is a game that is going, I mean, the game environment is it's, it's everything that you're looking for as, as far as a, a game that we want to attack on a slate. The, the unfortunate thing is, is we're not the only ones that have identified this. Everybody has. So, uh, you know, f even if you do attack this game for a, a, a major part of your build, you really need to figure out ways to get super different with the other pieces of that lineup just to ensure that you're not sitting around eating a bunch of chalk, playing the same guys that everybody else is playing. Kamara is minimum price too. He's 3K on DraftKings. Yeah, I think I think Davis suits up, but uh, yeah, I'd definitely be interested in yeah. And yeah, I get the timeshare with McKenzie, but I do think like he'll have some decent TD equity if, if Davis was out. Um, 
but yeah, it's like not not as good as a play as Kumara for sure, at least in terms of uh, points for dollar. All right, guys, let's keep it moving here. Nate, do you want to uh, – actually, let me mention my guy here, Marcus Mariota, coming in at 5,500. We get down there at the very bottom. Uh, the Falcons, you know, they're, they're a team. That's my team. They're struggling right now. They don't have a whole lot of offensive firepower, but Mariota has been great using his legs, giving them a decent floor. Drake London starting to come along, 19 targets through two games, averaging 18.5 DK points per game this season, which has been pretty impressive. However, our guy, Kyle Pitts, he has been a letdown, and I, I don't think it's, it has anything to do with Kyle Pitts. It just has to do with getting this man the ball, you know. I, I don't know what the problem is. Arthur Smith came out, and, you know, he had the snarky comment, you know. We're not trying to win fantasy football. We're trying to win real football games. Well, Arthur, those two things can happen at the same damn time. They, they don't have to be on two separate spectrums. You know, you can get the best player that, that, that your franchise has seen over the last 10 years, the ball – and and maybe just maybe you'll win some real football games too. But you know I don't I don't you know they don't pay me the big bucks. You know Arthur I know you know he probably came from the very bottom. Uh, you know probably wasn't handed that opportunity or anything. So uh, is this is this an Arthur Smith problem though, or is this you know? No, I think it is Mariota an Arthur thing. Smith problem. I mean no, you, Mariota he he's he. Mariota was never the answer. Here we go. We're, we're going down the Falcons rabbit hole. Well, Mariota just... was never the answer. He's, he's a bridge, you know, but Arthur Smith trying to implement a system. Problem is that we don't have the goddamn run game that, that, that he was able to lean on with Derrick Henry, and, and that's an A.J. Brown, you know, is trying to replicate something that we don't have. Marcus Mariota's not the guy, but Arthur Smith has, has shown us over the first two weeks that he doesn't necessarily have the recipe given the ingredients that he is cooking with. So, you know, I, I'm not I'm not saying that the Falcons are in total shambles. I love some of the cornerstone pieces that we have, but damn it if I'm not unhappy with the Kyle Pitts usage that we've seen through the first two weeks. I uh, I really like Marietta. I mean, I'll definitely be overweight his projected ownership. I'm seeing like about 3 or 4% across the industry. I, I aggregate um, like industry projections each week, and Marietta is the top points per dollar quarterback which yeah, I think he is. is pretty interesting. Yep. Last week, Tua was the guy I didn't feel great about, but Wanda Stack, he was kind of like my gross stack. And I think this week's gross stack is Marcus Mariota and, you know, the rest of the team. Gross meaning high risk, but high reward too. I think yeah, Mariota is the play the for a piece. Yeah. He's also the kind of guy that you can only single stack. Um, like that was a mistake I made with Tua last week. I kind of thought like he was more of a single stack than a double stack guy. Uh, no, Mariota is like the definition of a single stack guy. You can't play right. both Drake London and Kyle Pitts with them. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah, yeah, there's not enough All opportunity right. there. I agree. Any other QBs you guys want to talk about before we move into the running back section? We're starting to uh, run a little long on these QBs. Yeah. 
I'll mention it very, very fast. I do want to mention Jared Goff, quarterback for the Lions, facing the Minnesota Vikings this week. He's 5,800. Jared Goff has played uh, far beyond his expectations so far this year. The Lions offense as a whole, the offensive line is playing well despite being banged up. The rushing game is one of the best in the league, and Goff is playing lights out right now. Uh, The Vikings defense is 28th in passing yards allowed. Uh, per game at 275 through two games, and they got torched by Jalen Hurts last week. I do want to mention Goff. I think he's a great GPP play, um, pair with Amon Ross St. Brown, and another guy I'll talk about later, but $5,800 for Jared Goff at a projected ownership of 4%. So do think about that when you're setting your lineups on Sunday. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Goff call. Um, I already touched on Kyler Murray a bit. I just think he has immense upside, and like no one's going to play him. He's going to be uh, 3% out. He has one of the best ceilings in fantasy. He averages 27 fantasy points per game in wins compared to 20, uh, 20 fantasy points per game in losses. And the Cardinals have an implied win probability this week of 39%. So the way I kind of view it is like, Kyler has a 39% chance to be one of the highest scoring quarterbacks of the week. And if they lose, he probably busts. Um, and then another guy I wanted to mention really quick is Joe Burrow. People are going to drift to Mixon because uh, they're going to think this is going to be a, a run-heavy script and Burrow hasn't, hasn't looked good. Um, Burrow has like legendary upside. And if the Jets do manage to stop the run at all, I mean, Burrow's going to be the guy. And like, if he's going to get right at any point this season, it's going to be in this game against the Jets. Like, if he can't do anything this week, I'll actually start to be a little concerned about him. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a great play. And obviously, like, we know his receivers have incredible upside. No one's going to play Jamar Chase. Uh, he could go for 40. So yeah, I really like Burrow. Would you be willing to bring? two guys along with Burrow as far as oh, the yeah. stack goes? In, in every every lineup, basically. Because, yeah. like, if Burrow, for Burrow to be the winning quarterback, he has to throw for, like, 400 yards, right? So, mm. you know, it's going to be – I'll have Chase and Higgins. I'll have uh, both, like, either Chase or Higgins with uh, Hayden Hurst, who I think is a sneaky little tight end play. Tyler Boyd doesn't really do it for me. I might have him on a few teams. But, uh, yeah, it'll be mostly Chase and Higgins and Hurst. A, l- a little uh, – can I interest you in some Garrett Wilson bring back? Oh, yeah. No one – you know, people don't want to play Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson's projecting for, like, I do. sub-5% I do. ownership. Right? I mean, like, I do, too. No, like, I'm with you guys. Um, Elijah Moore is another interesting one where – yeah, I mean, the Jets are throwing a ton. It's really hard to see a scenario where both Wilson and Moore go off. Like, that's probably not possible. But one of them probably will if this game ends up shooting out of the Jets. Do. do anything offensively. So I'll be I'll be using both those guys as my bring back. Maybe a little Michael Carter too. He's a little interesting, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, mostly mostly Wilson and more. All right, guys, let's move on into the running backs and, and highlight some of these guys that we're interested in, priced up from the top to the bottom. Nate, let's start with the guy that I think uh, is a guy that I'm interested in this week just due to a, a leverage standpoint uh, and, and somebody who's kind of underwhelmed this past week, a little bit of a squeaky wheel. Coaching staff came out and said, you know, they, they need to get this guy going. I think it's a get-right week for Dalvin Cook. What about you? Well, the thing is with Dalvin Cook is that I don't think he offers as much leverage as you quite think. Right now, his projected ownerships it's over ten percent. I I was really on Dalvin Cook last week. I thought he was going to have a great week, and it did not happen. So I am worried quite a bit. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook's more of a um, maybe more of a like fifty fifty or cash play. Because I do think he has some success this week due to the fact that the Lions are 23rd in rush defense DVOA uh, again and allowed the most rushing touchdowns so far this season. So I do have a tremendous amount of confidence that Dalvin Cook will find pay dirt this week. Um, at 7,900, though, I'm not overly excited. You know what I mean? It's not my go to guy by any means, but he's worth mentioning for sure. 
All right, Jake. Well, how about you? You got a couple of top uh, price guys there, but the very top. Who, who are you looking to uh, attack as far as some of these upper price running backs go? Yeah. So when I was looking through projected ownership this week, I mean, it's it's pretty quick to notice that Derrick Henry, CMC, and Jonathan Taylor are all looking like they're going to be um, sub ten percent out. And Henry would be the guy that I'd be the most iffy about. I mean, the Tennessee looks awful, and he hasn't looked good. Either. They're probably going to lose. They're probably going to lose to the Raiders, and he won't do anything if they lose. Um, but he does average 22 fantasy points per game in wins across his entire career. So if they can beat the Raiders, they'll probably do pretty well. Jonathan Taylor's historically done really well in high total games. I mean, they're playing the Chiefs. You could argue they should be a two-touchdown underdog to the Chiefs and that, you know, Taylor won't do anything because they're going to get blown out. Um, but in the event that that game's close, I mean, he's got the best TD upside of any running back in the NFL. And then uh, McCaffrey against the Saints, it's a tough matchup, but, like, this is Christian McCaffrey. And, like, with all three of these running backs, they have, you know, 40-point upside. And if they're going to be sub-10% up, like, I'm definitely definitely willing to play those guys. But, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, reasons to hate all, all three plays. Taylor, out of the three, Taylor is my favorite. Taylor is my favorite as well. And uh, Colts head coach Frank Wright says that uh, Michael Pittman is a go this week. Uh, according to him. So that's going to help Jonathan Taylor quite a bit. You know, they can't have like, you know, no wide receiver potential out there and expect for the opposing defense not to lock down on the run. So I think Pittman being out there for that offense is a big part of Jonathan Taylor's uh, success as well. I do love JT this week. Uh, I love McCaffrey. Uh, Henry does worry me quite a bit from what I've seen out of Tennessee so far this year. Uh, I'm really just, I'm very, very, very iffy of playing Derrick Henry at, you know, yeah, at no, this I point mean, in the season. I I, I totally get that, but it's like, I mean, if they win, like he's, he's got to do well. Like there's nowhere else. Traylon Burks is maybe the only other guy who's like a realistic. DFL he looks good. Yeah. yeah, no, he does look good. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I, I don't think I'm going to have a ton of Henry, but I'll probably be a little overweight. His like 6% projected ownership. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's absolutely worth mentioning. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's just, man, am I, I'm just so nervous to play him after last week. Oh yeah, I don't. I will bring up Miles Sanders coming in at 5,500 against those commanders this week, a game that we're interested in as far as Jalen Hurts goes. Well, I'm also interested in Miles Sanders. He's opened up the season by taking 30 carries for 176 yards and a touchdown, also corralling five receptions over his first two games. He's logged 37 and 36 snaps in those two respective contests, which is an encouraging development as far as the terms of his consistency goes after we saw his playing time fluctuate a good bit this past year. So I like the usage we're seeing out of Miles Sanders. I like this offense right now. I think the field is going to continue to gravitate towards Jalen Hurts, towards A.J. Brown, maybe even Devonta Smith after the receptions that he was seeing. Uh, I think Miles Sanders is a good way to uh, get a little bit of leverage off of all the Jalen Hurts exposure the field will have. Yeah, my successful build so far this year through the first two weeks have been very uh, wide receiver kind of, you know, finding my guys at wide receiver and then finding like the best floor I can at running back. And I think Miles Sanders has that floor that you're looking for at $5,500. It saves you quite a bit of money and uh, you know, you know, you're not going to hit a goose egg. So I love the Miles Sanders call um, personally. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think Sanders is great leverage off Hurts. Let's talk about cool. the running back chalk play of the week, Nate, there with David Montgomery for the Chicago Bears against those Houston Texans, 5,900. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was a bit shocked when I seen how high his projected ownership is at twenty percent. That does scare me away. Absolutely, like almost makes me want to avoid him. I do think he has a great week though. This week, um, he's garnering right now sixty six and eighty percent of the snaps through the first two weeks of the NFL season. He rushed seventeen times and fifteen times, and also received four and two targets respectively through those first two games. Uh, this game has a, a low key, a low lowly total, excuse me, of 40 and a half points, which is not exciting. But the spread is only two points in favor of Chicago. So Montgomery should get fed. Houston is 25th in rush defense DVOA, which is very, very promising and has allowed the most rushing yards to date while allowing the ninth most receptions to running backs. The Texans defense is also uh, third worst in rushing yards allowed through two games with 326 given up. So I think that we see another pretty heavy, steady dose of David Montgomery. Uh, this Sunday at 5,900, the price tag super, it's super good because you're like I said before, you know, I'm looking at the Miles Sanders guys, the guys around five to 6,000 for my running backs. Um, but that, that 20% projected ownership almost feel like, I feel like I have leverage not playing them to be honest with you. And same game though, the other side of the ball, Damian Pierce, Houston Texans, Jake, where are you on him this week? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I running back, I think is, is, pretty tough this week overall i'm not gonna play much montgomery at all i think in large field stuff i'm just gonna fade it um completely but i i, I do like damian pierce it's pretty easy to see the texans winning this game he logged 100 percent of um their carries last week and he had a 37 percent route share which is pretty good for a guy who's you know kind of considered to be an early down back um lovey smith seems to really really like him i mean it's it's a gross game, but he feels like decent leverage off Montgomery. Montgomery will probably be around 25% owned, I'd guess, especially with Jacobs likely out. Pierce will probably be between 10 and 12%. So it's decent leverage there. Uh, but I actually think the best leverage spot off of Montgomery is Justin Fields. I'm not going to play a ton at all, but, um, you know, the Bears are probably only alive to score two or three TDs. And it's either Montgomery scores them or, or Fields, you know, probably runs them in or, or maybe throws them. Um, so, yeah, I, and if I'm playing fields, I'm probably not stacking him, to be honest, because the only way he can get there is by, uh, you know, scoring some rushing TDs. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go in, like, naked fields. Uh, maybe you could, you know, bring it back with, like, Pierce on the other side. But it's 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 a pretty gross game. And, um, yeah, I, I think running back – I think running back is pretty, pretty tough this week, which is kind of unusual. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Across my builds, I, I can I can find wide receivers for days uh, that I want to play this week. And as I mentioned, quarterback feels pretty good too. But uh, scrolling down through that running back position, I just keep going lower and lower until I see somebody that that is a uh, a punt option. So I think I'm gonna that's that's gonna ultimately be uh, what I'm. A lot of my builds are gonna be built around is. Uh, you know, having building my stacks around that QB wide receiver position, maybe sprinkle in a tight end there on a bring back. And then even if those end up kind of getting into that t 10 to 12 percent guys, you know, your Waddle, your Jalen Hills or uh, Tyreek Hills, uh, you know, I could still by by playing a, a J.D. McKissick or a, uh, you know, one, one of these guys that, that not too many people are going to be on 
just gives sets me apart uh, just just well enough where I can attack some of these popular guys, not have to pay up at the position that I don't like this week at the running back position, and, and use that as at the same time as a way to get my lineups a little bit different. But let's get into the wide receiver position here. This is the bread and butter uh, on DK in life. Wide receivers uh, is what I'm all about. Nate, we've already talked a little bit about the Rams. You want to say anything else about Cooper Cup coming in at 9900 this week. Uh, DK is is trying to let us know, hey, this is still the wide receiver one, and you're going to pay for him this week. Yeah, his floor is huge. I mean, you're going to get what you pay for with Cooper Cup. You're going to get a very good floor. Um, you know, the more I sit here and think about it and talk with you guys, which is one of the things I love about this show the most is just kind of analyzing stuff before we do our builds on Sunday is that, you know, maybe I'm not as strong on Stafford and Cup as I once was going into the show, but always worth a shout. I mean, you're talking about the guy with potentially the highest floor out of any player on the slate. Well, and as Jake mentioned, uh, the leverage that you can get with Allen Robinson, who, who he's going to talk about a little bit right now. Yeah, so I mean, I, I definitely like Cup as a play. I think Cup's going to be kind of forgotten about because Amon Ra and Diggs are going to be and the so price. Popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The price, like, it's kind of hard to fit him in. So yeah, I bet you get mm -hmm. Cup at like sub ten percent, and you know he'll he'll probably get you thirty five. I mean, that, that, you know, that's a pretty realistic outcome. And thirty five at at ten k is is you know a pretty good deal. But I actually, so my favorite tournament play from um, from this game outside of Kyler is is Allen Robinson. Um, I know we already touched on the matchup. Arizona is the league's worst, uh, worst greatest coverage unit. According to PFF, they've just been absolutely atrocious against the pass this year. Um, and uh, in his eight career games with an implied team total over 25 points, Allen Robinson averages 18.8 DraftKings fantasy points per game, which is, you know, roughly equivalent to wide receiver six production. And he's the wide receiver 27 by salary on DraftKings. People like nobody, absolutely no one's going to play him. He's going to be one or two percent owned, um, you know, because he was so disappointing in the early weeks. So yeah, I like I like Allen Robinson. I mean, I won't have like a ton of them, but like maybe fifteen percent across across all my teams. I'm definitely going to be overweight the field. Another guy I will mention is a guy that we were kind of talking up last week, along with a lot of other people. He kind of ended up being the chalk punt wide receiver of the week in Greg Dortch for the Arizona Cardinals. Last week, I think he was uh, 3,500. He, he made it into a lot of my lineups and didn't disappoint. He came through. I think it was just a four for four and a touchdown, but ended up 15, 16 DK points, which was great for a $3,500 price tag. And the last man in allowed me to pay up at the other position a little bit. He's priced up to 4300 this week. Rondale, Rondale Moore is still out. So Greg Dortch is probably going to get a little bit of run. Outside of me specifically, though, building stacks around this game, I'm probably not going to have a ton of Dortch exposure. It's more of just me trying to find ways to, to add to my Kyler stack or, as we mentioned, maybe even the bring back there against the Rams with Stafford. So, um Josh Allen, I mentioned, well, Stefan Diggs, 7,700. Uh, again, what, what we all saw him do this past week was going absolutely off. And then you see that 7,700 price tag. As Jake mentioned, I think that is going to pull away from the cup ownership. When I can get, uh, you know, the elite talent uh, connected to the QB that everybody wants, the QB one on this slate, when I can get access to that player at, at 7700 it makes it damn hard for me to check that mental box at 9900 i could get cooper cup so the field's going to be leaning that way as well and at, 
I, I think Jake nailed it. it. If the field overreacts and we end up getting Cooper Cup at sub 10 on this slate, yeah, I think I'm going to try to find a way to fit him in. Yeah, I like that call. Um, you know, I do – man, the more I think about it, I, like my thought process is changing completely the more I talk with you guys. And, and again, it's another reason I love the show. But um, looking at this this Buffalo and Miami game, uh, I'm sitting here and, I, you know, I look down here at Tyreek Hill and Waddle, and I do love Tua this week. But, you know, the, the, defense, the defensive matchup is tough for these guys. Um, but, you know, I mentioned it earlier that – Tyreek Hill joining an offense completely changes everything. And earlier in the year, I will be the first to admit that I was wrong. I thought Waddle would see a little bit of a tough start to the year. I was obviously very wrong. All it's done is opened up, you know, the possibility for there's no double coverage on him. Uh, he's playing one-on-one uh, and it's been great for him. So while I was wrong, he's been completely right. And, um, you know, the Dolphins stack is, has a lot of potential this week. Uh, I don't really like riding recency bias, but I mean, it's worth a play or two. I'm kind of curious to see where you guys are as far as, you know, maybe even like what's your favorite stack. I know we don't have a ton of time to go into it, but um, it's, it's intriguing. No, I mean, I, I honestly think the dolphin side of this is going to be under even with their. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds insane, but just with the way projected ownership is shaking out, like it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. How, how low I know. It's one my mind's telling me like I can't be right. Yeah, right. So like either they're going to come in like way above projected ownership, um, or they're just amazing plays. Um, and I I kind of lean towards them being amazing plays. And I also think like when you have receivers as talented as Waddle and Hill, like matchup, even if these they are uh, Buffalo, yeah, like even if these Buffalo corners and defensive backs suit up, uh, the matchup, you know, it might not matter if it's tough because Hill and Waddle are are so good. But uh, yeah, my my favorite stack this week. It's tough. I really, I really love the Tua, the Tua stuff. Um, I think, I think it's probably Bur- like a Burrow, Chase, Hayden Hurst stack. Um, I, I really, really like. Um, That'll be contrarian too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to be on it. I mean, there's quite, a, there's quite a few like contrarian stacks that that look pretty good. But yeah, I'd say, I'd say Burrow and, and Tua are probably with their like more obvious options are, are probably my favorite. Oh yeah. Uh, as far as your Joe Burrow stacks, you've already mentioned Jamar Chase once or twice. He's coming in at, at sub 5% projected ownership right now against these Jets. And we know he, as well as any of these wide receivers, can bust the slate wide open. So I like I like where your head's at as far as the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection. Seems to be going overlooked for the most part on this slate. And anytime that happens, uh, I'm looking to take advantage. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, like, Jamar Chase is, like, basically the closest thing that we have to Tyreek Hill, I think. Um, and if Tyreek Hill's ever under 10% out, he's like the best turn to play this late. And it's the same thing with Jamar Chase. Like, he's just always live to score 45 grand kicks points. Like, he's insanely good. Um, so, yeah, I love I love playing those power log guys when they're, when they're sub 10%. Well, I will not go through a show without mentioning my guy, A.J. Brown. 
He's coming in at 7% ownership this week. And, I, you know, this matchup is mixed with opportunity to kind of buy low on AJB after he put up the 5 for 69 on eight targets, which equated to 11.9 DK fantasy points this past week. I am going back to my kinfolk in this one. AJ Brown has been mostly utilized on the left side of the formation through the first two weeks. So he will seek the attention of Kendall Fuller and through two games, Fuller has yielded the ninth most yards per coverage snap, the ninth most air yards per coverage snap, and the 19th most fantasy points coverage per snap. AJB is an absolute stud, and I love the matchup here. Jalen Hurts, I mentioned, is going to be popular because of his price tag and the production we've seen through the first two weeks. I don't know if AJ Brown is going to be quite as popular, but I think this is another big game we have in store for AJ Brown this week. I obviously love A.J. Brown. I know you love A.J. Brown, but mentioning the Eagles and their wide receivers, I have to give a shout-out to Devontae Smith, who goose-egged week one and came back with seven receptions on seven targets for 80 yards last week, 15 points on DraftKings. Uh, that's my guy. He's 5,200. He's worth a play this week. I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. All right, well, let's talk about another guy who we just talk about every week at this point, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings, 7,200. Yeah, they keep bringing his price up uh, a little bit each week, but it's still not enough. This kid is a stud, Nate. Tell us why you love him again this week. Well, I loved him coming into the draft before I even thought Detroit had a chance to draft him. I wrote a piece back when I was writing for Detroit Jack City about how I an open letter to Amonara St. Brown to join the Detroit Lions, and it came true. And now he's playing absolutely lights out. He set the NFL record, um, NFL regular season record at six straight games with at least eight receptions and a touchdown, while also tying another um, record with eight receptions in eight consecutive games, which is currently held jointly by now him michael thomas and antonio brown it is absolutely great company and with one more performance he sets that record breaks the record um right now there's people starting to show a lot more respect to amon ross st brown uh but there's still a lot of doubters there's still the people thinking that regression's coming it's not coming because he's jared goff's safety net i watch every lions game twice you know more than once every week he is absolutely Goff's safety net and until until you know, what's crazy, too, is when Jamison Williams joins this offense, it's going to open it up even more. There's not going to be able to be that double coverage in Amon Ross St. Brown. So uh, the price is getting up there to the point where the upside's not necessarily there. Like, I like it at 7,200. You know, we're not getting him at, you know, the mid-6K range. So, um, you know, it's not as great right now. But right now, he's never given you a reason not to play him. He's going to get, you know, that, you know, the floor of five, six, seven catches, you know, pending something tragic like an injury. But... Um, without, you know, talking about it all day, because I can, um, I'm in Ross St. Brown, still a good play at 7,200 in my opinion. All right. We talked uh, Jacoby Myers already a little bit. He did get in a limited practice today. So I, as far as I'm concerned, I think he will be available. He's coming in at 12% right now. I mentioned that could drop a little bit, but if they give him a full green light, I would expect him to be a pretty decent uh, PPR play here on DraftKings. Drake London, I mentioned a little earlier, 5,800. If I am going to get a little freaky with Marcus Mariota in one of my builds, I do like Drake London here at 5,800. He's quickly become a favorite trusted target of Mariota, catching 13 of 19 targets for 160 yards and a touchdown over the first two weeks here. The 2022 eighth overall pick makes for a great cost consensus pairing with Mariota in tournament lineups in the game against the Seahawks. Defense 
defense that no longer has Jamal Adams and has looked pretty poor across the first two weeks as well. So I think that my Falcons might make a little bit of noise. Not many people are going to be on them. Uh, I like the kid Drake London here. Drake London and Jacoby Myers are um, two of 11 receivers currently right now that are receiving more than 28% target share on their team um, with teams that are throwing, you know, at least two yards per pass attempt. So both of those guys are a solid shout, uh, you know, you're just you know, kind of getting that um, statistic in there for both those guys, both good plays. Yeah, I just – I had one note on my St. Brown. I mean, I think he's basically the closest thing to, to Cooper Cup that we have, especially below, you know, like – He's a top 10 – he's, he's a top yeah. 10 pick next year. Oh, yeah. Like he – I mean, and by like – by points per dollar, he's probably the third or fourth best wide receiver play. And I think he's like massively underprojected across – um, yep. across the industry. I mean, over his last eight games, he's averaging 26 fantasy points per game. Like that's, that's 2021 Cooper cup. Like it's wait till Jamison Williams just, joins that team. Yeah, I know. Like it's, it's just nuts what he's doing. Um, but uh, yeah. So one, one guy that I wanted to, to touch on was, uh, was Christian Kirk. So Christian Kirk is actually averaging uh, 15.8 expected fantasy points per game, which is more than AJ Brown. He's averaging 15.6. So, Kirk's workload is actually better than AJ Brown, who like everyone is, you know, just really wants to play for great reason. And Brown's obviously the kind of player who will always exceed his expectation because he's a very talented player. But um, Kirk has a great role. Like they're moving him around a ton, um, and they have a huge financial incentive to get him the ball. I liked him a lot more when Herbert was active um, or was likely to be active. It's pretty disappointing that um, yeah, Herbert's not going to play because that uh, that really kills. Um, Kirk in a way, but I, but I, I do like Kirk and I, I 100% agree with the, the comment on the screen. Like Swift is excellent leverage in this game. Jefferson, Amon Ra, Dalvin Cook are all going to be much higher than DeAndre Swift. And, you know, yeah. Swift incredible. Quickly on Swift, I didn't think his ownership would be as low as it is given the statistics he's put up so far this year, but his ownership's sub 10%. It's something like under 8% right now. So yeah, Swift is a good play. Uh, he, he is a little bit banged up, but he usually is, and he usually does play through it. And Dan Campbell obviously knows how to manage his, uh, you know, reduced role in the offense by still getting maximum production out of him. So Swift is a very good call. So uh, shout out to Breathing Fantasy Football. Literally uh, in our comments section, that is a great call. Christian Kirk, real quick, I will say that I was not a fan headed into the year. I kind of shit on him, and I was wrong. You know, I'll always admit when I'm wrong, and I was wrong. He's got a solid floor. He's producing. Um, so shout out to him. That is a good, good call. Uh, yeah, anybody Lawrence, want to touch it? Go ahead. I was just going to say Lawrence looks a lot better too. And like one last note. On yeah. Him, yeah. People are scared off because of the injury. He had seven touches last week. Dan Campbell said on Wednesday that he's like in a way better spot than he was the week before. So he's going to see 15 touches this week. Like it's, it's going to happen. And he's, he's a great play at sub 10%. Like, I don't yeah. know. Some of the ownership projections this week are so questionable that I, I wonder if they're actually even going to be going to be accurate. We'll see. Anything close to it. I know that's exactly what I was thinking, man. I mean, you know, all you can do is just kind of check in on Sunday morning. I do want to mention one more wide receiver before we move on to tight ends, though, real quick. That is Curtis Samuel. And this guy deserves some recognition because he's um he's put up two 20-point efforts at the start of the season through the first two weeks. That's nothing to sneeze at. And he can make it three in a row if Philly focuses its attentions primarily on veteran Terry McLaurin, who is still a great wide receiver. Um, and, you know, Jahan Dotson, the rookie, has also been a touchdown machine so far this year. Curtis Samuel's price tag is 5100 If you're looking to save money, which you have to somewhere, 
you know, even at 13% projected ownership, what better place than to do it than with Curtis Samuel, who gets a ton of targets in the red zone. He's on par with Amon Ra as like an elite tier points per dollar play, I think. Um, mm-hmm. like, I think that, you know, the thing, the thing is, is he's healthy, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and he's like a, he's a super talented guy. He was a first round pick, mm-hmm. right? Like he's a yeah. super, super talented player. And like, I'm pretty sure he's 16th among all players in expected fantasy points per game. He's averaging like That's 20 sick. expected fantasy points per game. <laughs> like they, they love, and they're giving him carries. Like he's like Debo, Debo Samuel light. Like he's light, getting, yeah. I think he's averaging like three and a half screens plus carries per game, which is like a little bit less than Debo and like way more than the number three receiver. Like it's, it's a killer role. I love it. All right, guys, before we move into the tight <clears throat> tight end position, I do want to implore you all to sign up at fantasypoints.com today. With Fantasy Points, you have access to the newest and best website in the industry for your season-long daily fantasy and NFL betting needs, access to articles, live streams, podcasts, cheat sheets, community chat, online tools, and more, all available at your fingertips. It's the only subscription you will need all football season long. Sign up for the Fantasy Points premium content using our promo code SUNS22, and you can get 10% off at FantasyPoints.com. Go check it out, because if you ride with Fantasy Points in 2022, you will score more. Let's talk tight ends before we get out of here tonight. Jake, if we're going all the way to the top, my man, who are you taking with you? Oh, I mean, it's it's got to be Kelsey. I, I I don't think I have a great grasp on what Kelsey's ownership is going to be. The projections right now have him as like the fifth or sixth highest owned tight end of the slate, like six or 7%. I think he's going to be much higher, higher owned than that. He'll probably be one of the top three to four guys. Um, but I think he makes for a great pairing with Mahomes. And I mean, we know the, um, the ceiling is elite. He averages 20 fantasy points per game um, in wins compared to like 14 fantasy points per game in losses. I mean, the chiefs are probably going to steamroll the Col- the Colts. So, and you know, if Kelsey isn't the highest owned tight end of the slate, I'm, I'm always pretty tempted to play him. So, yeah, I, I'll I th- him on this week. I think Kelsey is the play if you're playing Travis um, Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, um, just for the simple fact that there's no wide receivers I like. And if, if I'm going to pair a running back with a quarterback, I want a ton of targets out of that running back like DeAndre Swift. And that's not necessarily CEH's role in that offense. So I think Kelsey is the pair if you're going to play Mahomes. I think it's a decent stack. I think it's, you know, it'll get you a little bit of leverage and there's a ton of upside there. There's a ton of upside. And if you're playing large field GPPs, that is 100% what you want. Uh, the tight end I'm going to talk about is TJ Hawkinson of the uh, aforementioned Detroit Lions that we were just talking about. His price keeps dropping for one reason, just like Leonard Fournette's. He's not scoring touchdowns. He is, however, still getting good volume, seven targets in each of the first two games, which is a plus 20% target share uh, through the first two weeks. I think when a player's price drops, and I still see the talent personally for myself, um, I think that's when you get in on a player. I think Hawkinson is due for a touchdown. Uh, I don't think the ceiling's super high, but I think this is a guy at 4,200. You're going to save yourself some money. Um, you know, and I know the projected ownership right now is 12%. I do question that a little bit. I think a lot of people are shitting on TJ Hawkinson right now, and I don't think people are going to want to play him, but I could be wrong. But I love Hawkinson at tight end this week. Even if, you know, I don't play, even if I don't go with that Lions stack, I still think Hawkinson's a place you can save money, um, you know, somewhere in your build. Yeah, I think I think he's a pretty interesting run back on like cousins Jefferson sacks because everyone's going to go yeah, with Swift or Amon Ra like no one's going to go with Hawkinson there good. so I don't 
Like, I'm kind of with you where I'm not sure I believe that the ownership's going to be that high on Hawkinson. Like, he'll, I mean, Amon Ra will push for, will push for 20. I think Hawkinson will be like 6 to 8%. So, um, yeah, yeah he's, that's he's what I see too is like under 8%. Yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting leverage there for sure. All right, I'm going to mention my guy, Kyle Pitts. Obviously, uh, I, I had my little rant earlier coming in at 4,800. Uh, really, if, I, if I'm if i doing my Mariota stack, I have a little bit of interest in Pitts. But outside of that, I kind of need to see something. You know, maybe this is the squeaky wheel uh, case, and he does get right here in week three. I sure hope so. My best ball teams are, are really hoping that, that Kyle Pitts can turn a corner here, that Arthur Smith can put one foot in front of the other and, and get my man the freaking rock. So I just wanted to take a minute to mention him. Jake Zacherts, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, how about him this week? Yeah, so Ertz is, uh, you know, basically a bell cow tight end. He had a 92% route share in week two. He led all tight ends and targets last week and expected fantasy points with 22.4. And he scored 15.5 fantasy points, which was the third most among tight ends. I mean, he's running around on every Kyler Murray drop back. Like, he might actually be terrible. Like, he's so not explosive with the ball in his hands. Like, he's not a fun player to watch at all. But... He's like right there. He's going to be right there with Marquise Brown as the highest targeted player on the team. 100%. Um, and he's got great TD equity, and he's underpriced, especially on FanDuel. I don't play on FanDuel, but he's like tight end 16 on FanDuel, um, which is just absolutely egregious. He's got solid solid TD equity. And yeah, the route shares, the route shares fantastic. Like right up there with Travis Kelsey in terms of tight end route shares. So yeah, really like her. I did notice that um, that discrepancy too in the FanDuel pricing. I don't play on FanDuel either. Uh, it's no disrespect to them. I've just always kind of been a DraftKings guy. But um, you know, Ertz is a guy I, I absolutely loved coming into the year, uh, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out for those six games that he suspended. Uh, it hasn't really come to fruition yet, but we're only two weeks into the year, and I still think there's a ton of potential there. I do love this call uh, on Zach Ertz with that Cardinals-Rams game with the you know the high over-under. Uh, I do want to mention Tyler Higby also. I did mention Matthew Stafford earlier in Cooper Cup, and you had mentioned uh, Allen Robinson. I think Tyler Higby is a solid guy. He gets a lot of hate on fantasy Twitter on a guy that you know you never want to play or lean on, but he's the perfect plug and play type tight end, and um, you know season long fantasy football, and that is exactly what you know DFS is is plug and play. Uh, Higby is the second most targeted uh, player on his team. He's received eleven and nine targets through the first two games, totaling twenty, and the Cardinals have allowed the most receptions and touchdowns to tight ends this season. So I think. That's enough said, really, on Tyler Higby at forty five hundred dollars against the against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, there's a lot of very good cheaper tight end options, which is something me and Dan really love. Yeah, I I think Higby's basically in that same category as as Ertz, where maybe he's not like yeah. the most exciting guy, but he's running a route ninety. Same with Hawkinson, even Stafford. yeah, yeah, like Stafford dropback. So like when you're running a route that often, you're just going to be a decent play if you're like sub five k. So. Hell yeah. A guy that I am into this week is Logan Thomas there for the Commanders. Uh, again, this this Philly team is one that, that we're wanting to get a piece of. So maybe even as a bring back option, if you don't want to take Goddard along for the ride with Hurts, you can look at Logan Thomas as, as a potential bring back option. The Eagles have rel relinquished the six most receptions per game to the position with 5.5 and 13th most yards per game with 51. The six most touchdowns per game with 
13.5 and the seventh most fantasy points per game with 13.6 all to the tight end position so it's a decent matchup in in a game that we expect Carson Wentz to is he going to be able to to come through for a, a third week in a row I don't necessarily want to push my chips into the Carson Wentz basket as far as building my stacks around Carson Wentz but as I mentioned, I'm into Jalen Hurts, I'm into A.J. Brown, potentially Logan Thomas, down at 3,500, sub 4%. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm interested. I like it a lot. Uh, any other really cheap guys that you guys are interested in? One guy that, that I'm a little interested in was Granson uh, there for Indy. But if some of those guys, Pierce and uh, Pittman, are back this week, I think he's a little bit less appealing. I'm going to be definitely scraping the bottom of the bucket and, and looking for a 25 to 28 range guy uh, that, that I can plug in and, and uh, allow me to pay up a little bit else in other places. That's what I love to do. Yeah, I was just going to say, you cannot skip your pump play of the week at tight end. We need to hear it no matter what. Even if it's wrong, we need to hear it. Yeah, well, I mean, I really like um, punting tight end. I know I, I helped Scott out with the, so the DFS article um, where we kind of noted that among millionaire maker winners, like punting tight end was super common or among teams. Yes, and the million maker, yeah. 100 in the, in the millionaire maker. Like punting tight end is, is a pretty strong strategy overall, at least in terms of like raw – um, ROI. I, I definitely like the, the Grant call. I think Grantson's going to be a guy that, that's in my player pool. But one guy that I wanted to mention was uh, Jawan Johnson, who ranks yep. 11th in tight end targets, 8th in tight end receiving yards, 13th in tight end target share, and he's tight end 25 by price. Now, obviously, his quarterback has fractured vertebrae and an ankle issue. Um, but yeah, I, I think Jawan Johnson's like a pretty reasonable pump play. I added him in Scott yeah. Fishbowl this week because Albert O completely cooked me uh, so far to start this year. I do have Hawkinson, but tight end premium league can't yeah. lean on just Hawkinson. So I did go out and get uh Juwan Johnson as well. I have, I have Kyle Pitts, so I'm, I'm not in a good place. <laughs> I, I had actually 75% exposure to Johnson last week. Uh, just at, he was, he was my punt option and he didn't necessarily come through, but I mean, he, he did all right. Definitely uh, paid off his price tag down there. So uh, I, I'm always looking to really find that guy that I can. Cause I mean, really with, with those 2,500, 20, 2,600 uh, price tag guys, you only need a uh, two a couple of catches for them to pay it off, and if they do fall into the end zone on one of those catches, I mean you're pretty much whistling Dixie at that point. So uh, I, I love all of those cheap cheap options that they have down there. I, I actually think Johnson would have ended up on a lot more winning teams if uh, Mark Andrews didn't go off last week. He had like yep. eight or nine points. Like he did pretty well relative to his to his price. So and he, they really didn't bump him up much. Yeah, um, points per dollar, he was pretty decent. Yeah, he's, I mean, he still projects well again this week, and you know, I don't, I don't think a ton of people are, are going to go that route. It's just a super unexciting game. I mean, Saints Panthers, like, yeah, yeah, hard, hard to, hard to like that. But agreed. All right, guys. Anybody else you want to talk about before I start to close this out here and we bring this one to an end? I think we touched on everybody that um, I wanted to cover. This was a lot of fun, though. I really love the show. 
Yeah, I felt like yeah. we could have talked about quarterbacks for another 45 minutes. We had to keep it moving. We spent, we spent half the show talking about the QBs on this slate. If that just goes to tell you, uh, as I mentioned, the wide receivers and the QBs of this slate, I think that needs to be the real focus of these builds and get in where you fit in on the tight end and running back positions. And as per usual, fade that DF uh, that DST chalk play, no matter who it is. Uh, we all learned that hard lesson last week with the Bengals. So, uh, you know, find a way to get different. There's a couple of cheap options I like this week, but typically more often than not, unless it's a GPP build where I'm looking to get uh, a little bit more contrarian, I'm, I'm looking for those cheap options once again. I pay up where it matters most, and I look to pay down whenever possible at those other positions that I don't put nearly as much equity into. So uh, any other uh, things that you guys want to say about this slate before I close this out? Feels like a good slate to fade running back, I would say, is probably my my biggest macro like take here. Just because running running back just feels so so iffy. I, I just I can't have a ton of confidence in any of those guys really, especially Montgomery. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is this is a week to get a little weird at running back. Yeah. After breaking this down with the both of you guys, I kind of realized my favorite two running back plays of the week are going to be the two highly, most highly owned running backs of the week. So I find myself now kind of pivoting maybe towards more of a swift play versus a Leonard Fournette or um, David Montgomery play. And that's the beauty of the show is that we are learning too as we go. Um, you know, so I'm more interested in swift now, uh, I think. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely, as Dan mentioned, a quarter, you got to find that correlation with your, your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, and then a, a decent bring back, which is probably also going to be a wide receiver. All right, guys, please make sure you are subbed to the SOD YouTube page. Click the bell and you will get notified each and every time we go live. We are doing it every Friday night, 9 o'clock here on this YouTube channel. So big thank you to Jake. Once again, you can find him on Twitter at Jake Tribby and obviously all of his work there at FantasyPoints.com. Big shout out to the Fantasy Points Media Group. Love being a part of them and then everything Fantasy Points. We have been scoring more here in 2022, and we want to bring you guys along for the ride. Nate, anything else? Nope. I just wanted to uh, show a little bit of love to Manscaped. We are kind of slow rolling this week, but Manscaped will be back with us um, as they were last year in full force uh, starting next week in week four. Um, we do have a promo code. It is SODFS. You get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com on the lawnmower. 4.0 and all the other accessories that come with it. We'll get into that more next week. I do want to thank brother Matt who has prior obligations this week. So Dan's been on double duty, but brother Matt still was able to hook us up with all the amazing graphics that he always does. So brother Matt, we love you. We thank you. Uh, Viridianglobal.com. We have SOD and SODFS swag there uh, as well as many brands in the industry that we respect, including fantasy points gear. You can get all that at Viridianglobal.com and, uh, I will also echo the fact, uh, Jake, thank you for joining us. This is the, actually the most fun I've had on a show in a little bit, man. Just, just talking ball with you boys has been very relaxing and very fun on a Friday night. So thank you both. Yeah. I mean, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I sincerely appreciate the opportunity. And you know, if you, if you ever want a guest again, I mean, I'm always, I'm just grinding this stuff on Fridays. So yeah, I'd, you know, I'd love to be on the show again. And it was you know a real pleasure getting to talk to you guys. Uh, if yeah, I was a no, betting absolutely. man, if I was a betting man, and I am, I think we'll have you back. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great to hear.
Yeah, Jake, we really do appreciate you joining us this evening. Looking forward to catching more of your work there at fantasypoints.com. It's been great, great nuggets for us to dive into each and every week, man. So keep grinding that content out, and we will be riding with you. Love to have you back on the show. Uh, Appreciate anybody and everybody that tuned in tonight. EJ in the comments, uh, he was with us most of the night, man. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope you come back for more. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. As I mentioned, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you are interested in a Fantasy Points premium subscription, use promo code SUNS22 to get 10% off. All right, fellas, appreciate both of you. And until next time, much love to everybody out there tonight. Peace.